Hare Krishna. A warm welcome to all of you for today's Gita Live session. The topic for the day is work-life balance. We all strive to strike a good balance between the various responsibilities, duties, interests we have. But many a times, in spite of our best efforts, we see ourselves off balance. More so when we are practicing spiritual life, we at times find it very difficult to balance our material and spiritual aspirations. So today's session is all about this. We are going to discuss few insights from the Bhagavad Gita, what Krishna has to say about regulation in our lives. So today, the first part we are going to discuss about why do we go off balance? Yes, it's a fact that we find ourselves off balance. We are not able to balance various commitments we have, various aspirations we have, more so when we want to practice spiritual life want to incorporate some spiritual practices in our daily schedule. What could be the reason why we go off balance? As spirit soul, as Atma, the quality of the soul being Amsha of the Lord, Krishna says, Mamaiv Amsha Jeeva Loke Jeeva Bhuta Sanatana. So as Amsha of the Lord, we have the same quality. We are Sat, we are Chit and we also are blissful, Ananda. But when we come in this material world and have a material body and the soul gets contaminated by lust, greed, pride, envy, all these base qualities, which in Hindi we call it calm, krodh, lobe, then we start behaving very differently from our original state. Because of greed, there is intense hankering, we are never satisfied with our current position, we want more. And it is not that because we are not having some basic necessities of life, therefore we are striving for something more. In spite of having everything, because of that greed, because of that lust, because of that envy, because of that pride, constantly we are in a state of wanting more, desiring more, never satisfied. Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma Na Sochyati Na Kangshati. When a person is self-realized, when he is transcendentally situated, he is Brahma Bhuta. And what are the symptoms of such a person? He is Na Sochyati Na Kangshati. He doesn't hanker, he doesn't lament. But in present times, our state is quite in contrast to this 
glorious state of an exalted personality who is self-realized. So, so we as souls, we have got covered with the base qualities of lust, greed, pride, envy. And also because of the past karmic reactions, we have got entangled and we find ourselves in different circumstances which could be very, very compelling. Much against our wish, we are forced to do certain things which we don't want to do. Much against our wish, we are forced to engage in activities which after having understood the Bhagavad Gita to whatever extent we are reluctant to engage in. So predominantly speaking, our present diseased condition, lust, greed, pride, envy which has covered the soul and also because of the entanglement which has ensued because of our past karmic reactions. If you all remember, we have shared in one of our previous sessions the example of a cow tied to a pole and depending on the length of the rope, the cow is free to move. Suppose the length of the rope is 5 meters, then in a 5 meter radius, the cow can freely move. If the length of the rope is 2 meters, then the cow can only move within a radius of 2 meters and beyond that it will be restricted. So likewise, figuratively speaking, each one of us are tied. We don't have freedom, absolute freedom, although we may call ourselves, we have constitutional rights, we are living in a free country, we have, uh, you know, we, every year we have Independence Day being celebrated. In that sense, we are not independent, we are bound. What are those ropes? The ropes of material nature, the modes of material nature, Sattva Guna, Rajoguna, Tamoguna. So they are binding us and we have been put in different circumstances, different situations and based on the contaminations which has covered the soul, we are forced to engage in various activities. Once there was a, a big, very eminent businessman who was on a vacation with his family in a small coastal village in Mexico. So he was having his good time, he was relaxing in the sun on a beach, having a stroll with his wife, with his family and one day he noticed on the beach there was a fisherman who just came in with his boat from the sea and as soon as he deboarded, he came down from his boat he could glance that he had just got a nice bounty of fish which he has you know, caught in the sea, in the fishing net. So the, all the fishes were there and uh, from a distance he could make out the, the quality of the fish was very, very good. So he asked the boatman, the fisherman, how much time did you spend in catching these fishes. 
So he said, just half an hour to one hour. And he says, whatever I have got that's good enough for me, for my requirement, and I can just sell it off in the market, and whatever my needs are getting met. So this businessman, he was from an Ivy League college, had done his MBA from Stanford. So he looked at the fisherman and said, can I give you a suggestion? And he laughed and said, I will not charge you for that, by the way. So fisherman said, yes, sir, most welcome. So he said, if I were you, if I was in your position, I would spend minimum seven to eight hours in the sea catching fishes. Seeing the quality of the fish, I can make out this big market for these fishes. And when I sell these fishes, I can earn a lot of money and eventually I can have two boats, I can have three boats, I can have five boats, eventually I can have a whole, you know, big set of boats, each one of them, you know, catching many fish and I can really expand my business. So this fisherman was looking at him, trying to understand what he is proposing. So he said, then what? Then what? He says, once I have a lot of fishing boats and I catch a lot of fish, then I don't have to sell in retail. I can, I can go to uh, the processing industry directly. I can avoid all this middlemen who make a lot of money and profits. I can directly go to the industry and sell the fishes and make huge money. So this uh, fisherman, seemed interested with this proposal. He says, then what will happen? He says, once, you know, I have all this, eventually I can have my own processing unit because I'll have so much fishes, I'll have so much of money I can invest, I can have my own processing industry. Backward integration, we can do. We don't have to depend on others and others make profit on our behest. We can have our own industry. So the fisherman was quite amused. He says, then what happens? He says, eventually the business would have grown so much, then I can have an IPO and I can share, I can, you know, release the shares and make the whole thing public and I can bring in more investment. Eventually I can have, you know, a lot of money being made. So the fisherman asks, then what, sir? He says, eventually, you know, I can have my head office set up in Mexico City and I can, you know, trade and I can export and uh, eventually I can be earning in dollars. I can have an export business. He says, then what? He says, then a time will come, 30 years, 40 years, you have made enough money you don't have to worry about your finances, you don't have to worry about, about you know, going and catching fishes. Then you can go take up a small house in a coastal village and have an easy going life, relax, spend time with your family. You don't have to worry about earning your livelihood. You can enjoy life. You can stroll on the beaches with your wife. 
play with your family, with your children. So the villager heard all that. He said, that's what I am doing now. What you are asking me to do and achieve after so much of hard work and 30 years from now, if everything goes well, the state where I would be is my present state. I spend time with my family, two hours, one hour I do fishing and the balance time I am enjoying playing with my children and all that. This is just to give you a sense that how unlimited greed we have the state of being where we are never satisfied with our present condition messes up our lives, entangles us. Actually, one of the quality of the soul is contentment. Why contentment? Not because uh, in a pure state a person is lazy. Prabhupada was so enthusiastic. He travelled the globe 14 times at the age of you know, he went to the West, US at the age of 70 years. He was always busy, at times sleeping for 2 hours, 3 hours, 4 hours, balance time, always working, always answering to, you know, letters and meeting people, talking to his disciples, giving classes, writing the books. So, <clears throat> it's not that a spiritually evolved person is, is, is lazy. He is satisfied with the status quo. No, but there is inherent contentment. There is no that greed for sense gratification. Now why this greed really takes a toll on us? Because we as spirit souls we want happiness, we want enjoyment. That's our natural constitution position. Anandamayo Bhyasat. You ask 100 people, each one of them may have different aspirations, different goals, different likings, different hobbies. But for sure, without even asking them, one thing I can tell very confidently, each one of them is trying different ways to be happy. Somebody may have a sense or perspective that by doing this, by achieving this, by being this, I will be happy. So we all want to be happy and all our pursuits are aimed for that ultimate objective of being happy, being satisfied, being contented. That's the quality of the soul. Now, when we are in this contaminated state, in this material body, in this bodily concept of Dehatma Buddhi, I am the body, then our definition of happiness changes from, because when I think I am the body, then if I have to be happy, then I have to gratify my senses. Only source of happiness what I have in ignorance is through sense gratification. My eyes wants to see beautiful forms, ears wants to hear some beautiful melodious sounds, skin wants to touch something soft, something nice. 
so sense gratification ensues and that becomes the goal of life for most of the people in this world the goal of life is to enhance their sense gratification to find to earn more money so that we can have a bigger house better cars better standard of living better things to eat better vacations gratify our senses with the hope with the understanding with the underlying assumption that by gratifying the senses more and more i'll be happy more and more which krishna says there is a fallacy in this understanding in fact the the truth is that more and more we gratify the senses the more and more we will get entangled and more and more we will get miserable yehi samsparsha jab hoga dukh yona hi evate so because of the contaminations which are there covering the soul because of greed because of the circumstances we are born with because of our past karmic reactions we all are entangled thinking that goal of life is to gratify the senses make me happy we all are caught up in this rat race never satisfied always desiring having so many material desires always dissatisfied having no contentment always wanting more more and more more money more career growth better standard of living and that becomes the kind of a rat race which we get caught up in so this is the cause why we go off balance today's session is work life balance why we go off balance the root cause is the ignorance the root cause is all the base qualities which has covered us and also because of even though we may be leading a spiritual we want to lead a spiritual life we don't want all this you know jing bing material desires we have come to our senses still the karmic reactions the forces are there we are born in certain circumstances which are quite compelling so that's the cause the root cause because of which we go off balance now the second point which you're going to cover today is what is the solution is we all know that we go off balance but what's the solution what should we do today morning i was reading one article this was about jeff bezos amazon so in that article he was uh, the article was talking about the three things which he does which makes him very productive very efficient and as we all know he is one of the richest men in the world so one of the conditions one of the things i was when i saw this headline so i got interested what are the three things he does so one of the things he does he said is set boundaries so this is very interesting set boundaries now what is the meaning of setting boundaries again 
theoretically speaking it's easy to say but practically speaking depending on the circumstances we are in sometimes the circumstances can be so compelling that we may not be able to translate this understanding into practical application but still we can try we have the right to do our duty we can put efforts and obviously if we want to strike a balance and also increase our time for spiritual activities lord will also help so set boundaries what is the meaning of boundaries boundaries means we all are limited we all have limited time we have limited energy we are not god we cannot achieve unlimited we don't have unlimited time we don't have unlimited energy we don't have unlimited strength we don't have unlimited hours in a day we don't have unlimited years in our life in all sense we have limitations so we cannot achieve everything which we desire we cannot work 18 hours 20 hours and you know turn the table upside down and somehow make things happen we have limitation now krishna in the gita talks about regulation we'll come to that that's the third point which we're going to discuss in detail so setting boundaries means one can say that i will work for 8 hours 9 hours in a day so jeff bezos he says imagine the person running a, a big organization i heard that on the month of june he is handing over his somebody else is going to be the ceo so such a big company with so much of demand for his time so many things which he has to put his uh, energy into but still he has made some boundaries boundaries in terms of how he will spend his time how much time will he spend with whom all he will spend his time in other words some thought has gone behind that so for example sleeping i will sleep by let's say 10 pm now i'll give you i'll illustrate this whole thing with one story <clears throat> there was a person who was very busy he was running a company and it was a startup and you know he was you know spending 16 to 18 hours in office and naturally you know he he became diabetic and you know high blood pressure always anxious so finally you know he had to his health started deteriorating and uh, eventually he had to go to a doctor so when he went to the doctor doctor did a thorough check up of his whole body parameters and all that and he says uh, i don't think that you are in good condition 
you need to relax your bp is high and you know he was quite upfront and he showed all those things reports and said you know the bp is high and now you are in a diabetic state and all that things you have to relax so this person said that you know doctor you don't know my condition everything rests on me so then the doctor with whatever limited knowledge he had he says but why can't you delegate you can recruit some nice you know people talented people and and uh, delegate some of your responsibilities he says doctor you don't know you know everything rests on my shoulder even if i hire the best of talents they won't be able to do the way i am doing i have to strategize i have to plan i have to arrange for finances i can't hire a person for all this even if i hire finally it rests on my shoulder i'll have to involve in all critical strategic decision making process so then the doctor asks so how many hours you put in he says 16 18 hours at times i even take work back home how many hours you sleep 4 hours 5 hours so the doctor said you know i'll give you a prescription i don't think you have other option but to follow this prescription of mine so this man reluctantly asked okay what's the prescription what do you want me to do so this is i want you for the next few weeks every saturday spend half a day in the graveyard so this man was really put off by what the doctor has said he says i have come to you i am in a state where i am telling that i have no time and you are telling you are giving me a prescription that i should spend half a day in the graveyard in the cemetery what should i do so he says why don't you try this saturday somehow follow my prescription please go to a graveyard and spend good amount of time there at least half a day there so this man reluctantly agreed and you know busy people you know they are every moment they want to be engaged they want to be productive they want to keep doing things and if they are in an environment where there is nothing to do they feel very uneasy sometimes people are workaholics just like you have alcoholics you have workaholics they without work they feel completely uneasy they want to work they want to always be engaged different activities which is good in one sense we shouldn't be lazy so this man went to a graveyard a cemetery and there you know what will he do but somehow he had to follow the prescription the doctor had given so he was getting very restless impatient watching is you know just seeing the time when will this time get over and he can go and tell the doctor that he has spent the time next what so then since he had few hours to spend he started strolling around walking around the graveyard the cemetery and there he saw the tombstones so and so person ceo of so and so company born so and so year died so and so year and something about that person and then he went to the next one 
the next one and he started reading you know somehow he had to pass the time started reading and then it started dawning on him these all are very eminent people ceos and some person who was a big you know business magnate and all of them are now in the cemetery lying so he went back to the doctor after having spent the time there and uh, he was quite he had got the point basically what the doctor was trying to drive home so he the doctor asked so how was the day so he reluctantly said yes it was quite good there's a lot of learning for me so then the doctor said that's what i wanted you to understand you think that without you the world your company will come to a grinding halt you are inevitable you are indispensable without you things won't move i want you to go and get a first hand experience all these so called eminent people who are running big big empires business empires thinking that without them the companies will completely fall or thinking that they are indispensable now they are lying there in the cemetery and the world is still on the company is still going on none of us are indispensable yes we all have responsibilities but still if there is a there is in our thinking that without me things won't move that's incorrect understanding like last two three sessions i could not take i was down with covid but somehow things moved on somebody took care of the sessions and it went on so <clears throat> we can set boundaries boundaries in terms of our time boundaries in terms of what we will do and what we will not do boundaries in terms of whom all we will socialize with we cannot attend all the functions we cannot attend all the parties we cannot attend all the social obligations we cannot we have to draw boundaries it may not be easy but at least we should know that we have limitations we cannot do everything because of the we have to sleep to rejuvenate we also have to chant our rounds we have to spend time in our spiritual aspirations our our spiritual duties and we have limited 24 hours in a day we cannot do everything so we have to prioritize what we can do what we cannot do many of us have heard about to do list you know whenever we talk about planning our day planning our time time management there is a concept of to do list where you jot down everything which you want to do and you tick it off as you keep doing it that's called to do list there's another very important concept which is now picking up more important than to do list is not to do list many of us spend up inordinate amount of time doing things which actually 
do not add any value into our lives. We get pushed into things or just because we are indisciplined, just because we haven't planned, just because we haven't prioritized, just because we haven't drawn the boundaries, just because we haven't applied or thought what I can do and what I should not do. Our life is just like our time is open for everyone. We get invitations and then if we don't have those boundaries, then at times we even can't refuse. Boundaries in terms of how much time I will devote for my official work. And whatever time we, and if we really regulate, that's, come, that's the third point which we are going to talk about in detail, which is the instruction of Krishna in the Gita. Before we come to the third point, uh, get into that detail, what Krishna is recommending in the Gita, we will spend some time, we will have Kirtans, all of us can enthusiastically join, participate in the Kirtans and then we will come back to the discussion and cover the third point.
So to recap what we have so far discussed, first we covered why we go off balance and in that we talked about the base qualities of lust, greed, envy because of which there is intense hankering and we all have unlimited material desires. So that is one thing and second thing is the force of circumstances basis which we can also go off balance. We may be in circumstances which are very trying, which are very entangling. We have no option but to work for 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours. So there could be possibility like that. So that's the reason we talk about the reason why we go off balance. And then as a solution, we talked about that we have to set boundaries. We have limited time, we have limited energy, we are not Krishna that we can expand into multiple forms and do multiple things at simultaneously. Knowing that we have limited time, limited energy, we have to plan our day, we have to some bit plan our life, we have to define boundaries where I have to spend my time, how much time I can spend, whom all I can meet, what all I can delegate. The third point which Krishna talks about in the Bhagavad Gita, there is a direct verse, I will just read out the translation. This is the 17th verse in the 6th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna says one who is temperate, one who is regulated, in his habits of eating, sleeping, recreation and work. In other words, this verse is directly talking about the balance and Krishna says one who is regulated in his eating, in his sleeping, recreation and work can mitigate all material pains by practicing the yoga system. So we will talk about this regulation part of it. Regulation is very very important. It is uh, in continuation to the point number 2 which we have covered that is set boundaries. We all need to, we have broadly speaking 4 dimensions of our life, the physical, the body, our health which we have to take care of, we have to invest some time the mental dimension, the mind, the emotional dimension, you know managing our emotions, feelings, mental emotional is can be combined and then we have the social dimension, we have, we are living in a society, we are living in an ecosystem, so there are some commitments, there are some responsibilities which we have and then the fourth dimension is the spiritual dimension. Just like a car runs on four wheels, likewise our life also figuratively can be, if we have to run it nicely, these are the four wheels and just like we know that the wheels have to be balanced, the wheel balancing uh, which we have heard about. So likewise we have to strike a balance between these requirements or these aspects of our life. 
Sometimes people overly focus on the physical dimension. Spend time. I know a person who spends two hours in a gym every day. If I ask him, he chants one round. He says, Swamiji, I'm, you know, I asked him, what is your schedule? What do you, how do you start your day? So he says, you know, my health was quite bad. So my father recommended and then he spends two hours in the gym. Gets up at six o'clock in the morning till eight, eight thirty. He's in the gym. So physical dimension, it is important, but we, we, we have to strike a balance, regulation. Knowing that exercise is important to keep the body healthy, but we have to strike a balance. As I said, we have limited time, limited energy, limited things which we can put our hand onto. We have 24 hours, so we have to use discretion. And then we have the social dimension. You know, the friends, relatives, near and dear ones, the whole ecosystem in which we operate. We have to define boundaries. We have to regulate. Not every party we can accept an invitation and attend. We have limitation. And then we have the mental and the emotional dimension. Investing on our own selves. Investing on our, our, our betterment our improvement. So that's another dimension which in Krishna consciousness if we spend time in the spiritual dimension automatically this dimension is very nicely taken care of. And the fourth dimension as I mentioned the most important one is the spiritual dimension. Although we can have some quick fix solutions to delegate and organize our lives, set boundaries, but the ultimate solution comes from investing good quality of time in the spiritual dimension. It's not because I am a Swamiji and today we are having a Gita session, therefore we are talking about that. Why it is important? Because if we spend time, this reminds me of a saying, uh, Martin Luther, you have heard about him. He said, looks like I will have to spend two more hours on my knees in prayer because I have a lot of work to do today. He says, I am so busy today. Looks like I'll have to spend an additional hour on the knees today. Now it looks contradiction. He says, I'm so busy today. I have so much work to do. Looks like I'll have to spend additional hour on the knees today. On the knees means in prayer. Because we do not spend good quality time and quantity of time in the spiritual dimension that's the root cause why we are off balance it's a root cause as i said for soul in its pure state is sat chit ananda it's intrinsically happy it does not want everything in this world so much of sense gratification so much of arrangement so much of money for it to be happy that's why we have examples of great exalted personalities, Rishis, Munis. They were living in simple cottages, very simple life, but they were completely satisfied, completely blissful, serving the Lord, remembering the Lord, 
glorifying the Lord. So when we spend time in the spiritual dimension and strike a balance, yes, we have a lot of questions today saying that in COVID time, you know, a person can even lose job. We have to work hard. Yes, we are living in such circumstances. But still, we have to strike a balance. So, <clears throat> spiritual dimension, if we spend time, it purifies us. It purifies us of our base qualities, lust, greed, pride, envy, which is a root cause why we go off balance. And it also burns to ashes the karmic reactions because of which we are suffering and because of which we are entangled. So when we spend time and we regulate our eating, sleeping, recreation and work, then Krishna says, one can mitigate all material pains by practicing the yoga system. There was a, a saintly person who was organizing satsang in a city. And uh, he met a businessman and he said, why don't you join for the satsang every Saturday? We have a session organized. So this man said, uh, Swamiji, I want to attend, but what to do? You know, I have this business. I have just now started. I am all alone. You know, I have to, I have to look into all the things, procurement and selling and then cash, the finances, the banking. I am all alone. What to do, Swamiji? I am not so fortunate that I can attend your satsang. But I am waiting for the right time. Once my business is set, then for sure I have a desire to also attend the satsang. So Swamiji heard him out and he says, May Lord bless you and went off. After a few years, the Swamiji again met this businessman. By this time, he had a big store. He had 8-10 employees and uh, so Swamiji again invited, now that you have a big uh, store and you know a lot of employees, you can come for satsang now, please find time. He says, uh, no uh, Swamiji, you know this big store is there, although all so many employees are there, but you know I can't fully leave to them, you know a lot of finance related thing, banking related thing, I have to personally involve and all those things and my children are growing up. Uh, for sure when you know my sons also grow up and they start engaging in my whole family gets involved in the business, then definitely I will come for your satsang. So Swamiji heard him out and said, okay, all the best, may Lord bless you and went away. Few years later on, Swamiji again met this person and this time the business had grown and then his elder son had also started you know engaging in the business involved in that same family business and the Swamiji met him and said why don't you come for satsang. So he said Swamiji just now my elder son has joined the business I have to train him and the younger one is also you know he's just finishing his education and once this these boys, they start involving in the business and I delegate. A time will come, a few years. I am also waiting for it and I can, I can then come for satsang. 
and few years later on this man the saintly person kept was quite persistent and again visited this place this person and this time when he entered the shop his two sons were there and just behind that cashier this thing they saw one picture and the picture was the photo of this man with a garland so he asked the sons so the son said just few days back he expired it was a heart attack so <clears throat> we cannot especially abhagavatam says labdhva sudurlabham bahu sambhavante we all are entangled it's a fact we all are caught up in this material world we have base qualities we know yes lust is there greed is there we are under the clutches of anger envy jealousy we are proud of little bit accomplishment we do we all have that it's a great opportunity for us to purify it's a root cause because of which we are entangled human form of life affords a wonderful opportunity tunam yatet anapatet anumrityu yavan before we again fall into the clutches of death which is inevitable more so in present time now you know it is quite scary in the sense that earlier we used to hear only you know post 60 70 years and at times some accidents but these days no inevitably we hear somebody 30 years 40 years 45 years in icu i was reading an article in the last month may the mortality rate was 2% lot of people who got infected you know on an average in india last month there was about 4000 odd deaths happening and many young people also got infected left the body so <clears throat> we have limited time we have limited energy limited number of years which we are there in this human body so if we invest our time the right things and beg the lord for his intervention in our life sometimes we can go in a positive spiral or we can go in a negative spiral because we are entangled we do not spend time because we are entangled we cannot spend quality time and because we cannot spend quality time and quantity of time we remain entangled or get more and more entangled rich becomes richer poor becomes poorer person is already poor because of which he cannot you know he lost the job because he is already poor he has already lost the job he is getting more deeper and deeper into the poverty cycle likewise spiritually also we can be in a positive cycle or we can in a negative cycle positive cycle is when we spend good amount of time and good quality time with the lord the lord will intervene in our lives will purify us of our base qualities he will direct our lives 
मक्षिता सर्व दुर्गानी मत प्रसाद तरिष्यसी इफ यू बिकम कॉन्शियस ऑफ मी यू विल क्रॉस ओवर ऑल ऑब्स्टिकल्स ऑफ कंडीशनल लाइफ बाय माय ग्रेस कृष्णा इज सेइंग दैट इन द गीता सो रिच बिकम्स रिचर पुअर बिकम्स पुअर लाइकवाइज वी मे बी स्पिरिचुअली पुअर एट दिस टाइम बट इफ वी समहाउ इन्वेस्ट आर टाइम and show to the lord yes lord i am entangled i am in a very deplorable situation i need your help i need your guidance please take charge of my life please direct my life i offer prayers i engage in activities which are prescribed in the bhagavad gita follow the instructions of great acharyas and then automatically by the grace of the lord we start improving our life starts improving it may take few days it may take few months it may take few years we cannot expect that today i have started becoming devotees i have started chanting immediately my life should get sorted out no for years together for many many lives we have engaged in activities having conveyed to the lord i don't want you i'll manage myself now suddenly when we have gone to the lord we cannot expect that all the past baggage in no time will get completely finished and i'll be a pure soul no it takes time so <clears throat> we invest time and then definitely lord is there makchitta sarva durgani mat prasada tarishya krishna says sarva dharman parityajya mam ekam sharanam raja अहम तुम सर्व पापे भ्यो मोक्षी मासु च कृष्ण इज एश्योरिंग एंड वेन वी कृष्ण गिव्स अस ज्ञाना कृष्ण गिव्स अस बला गिव्स अस क्रिया टुडे वी टॉक्ड अबाउट सेटिंग बाउंड्रीज कृष्णा विल गिव अस द नॉलेज कृष्णा विल गिव अस द स्ट्रेंथ कृष्णा विल गिव अस द एबिलिटीज द स्किल्स रिक्वायर्ड he is there in our heart next moment what thoughts come in our mind we are not in conscious control suddenly a thought pops up it could degrade me it could also elevate me although i have free will but we are not in conscious control of every thought which pops up in our mind so when we chant attentively when we associate with the lord the lord who is all pure who has descended in the form of his name when we touch that lord who is all pure we also get purified so we will take up some questions we have lot of questions which have come up today this question is from rahul kumar if we do not have a sense of achieving more and more how will progress happen in the society and also better life for people around us we are not against progress our scriptures is not against accomplishment but right kind of accomplishment right kind of progress it is said that more important than the speed at what you are moving is the direction in which you are moving what if a person wants to go to delhi and he moves very fast he takes the fastest means of transportation 
let's say he catches a flight but what if the flight is going in the wrong direction better than that a person in a bullock cart going in the right direction so we are not against accomplishment accomplishment a sense of achievement yes is very important but with right understanding with right knowledge in the right direction and that is what scriptures are giving us another question from rahul kumar if you are not expected to satisfy our body and only progress for the refinement of soul then why we are born in human form very basic question kindly excuse my ignorance that's why krishna we just talked about the third point krishna says one who is regulated in his eating sleeping recreation and work so krishna is not giving us impractical solution yes we are in this body we have to take care of the body also it's like a yantra just like when i am not the car but i have to use car so i have to take care of my vehicle also so likewise we can fulfill the demands of the body but regulated today's world fulfilling the demands of the body is considered as the ultimate goal of life the philosophy is eat drink eat drink and be merry enjoy life who has seen the next life that's a dangerous philosophy the understanding that i can be happy by gratifying the senses more and more and more is a wrong understanding there's a difference between eating to live and living to eat living to eat is dangerous eating to live is understandable and is required so there is some amount of sense gratification required to maintain this body which is okay that's why krishna says one who eats too much or eats too little sleeps too much or does not sleep enough cannot be a yogi but unfortunate thing in today's world is gratifying the senses has become the goal of life has become the only source of our enjoyment and pleasure so that is what is against the injunctions of scriptures this question is from virendra is sense gratification cause of human misery and how it can be lessened yes it's a fact that sense gratification unlimited sense gratification is unlimited in the sense unrestricted sense gratification is a cause of misery and how it can be regulated it can be regulated by if we have a source of pleasure higher pleasure higher taste krishna in the gita says raso varjam raso pyasya param drishtva nivartate vishaya vinivartante niraharasya dehina for a dehina for an embodied soul like us we have a body material body to restrict to restrain from sense enjoyment is very difficult that's why even people when they want to lose weight they go on a dieting for 2 days 3 days 5 days 1 week 10 days they diet 
but later on because the senses are not in control the again came back that weight so vishaya vinivartante niraharas it's very difficult for an embodied soul to restrain by artificial repression by force from sense objects raso varjam raso piyasya param drishtva nivartate but by experiencing a higher taste automatically taste for lower things pales off that's why spirituality is so important that's why spending quality time with the lord in association with the lord understanding the instructions of the lord is so important the root cause of our misfortune is our the ignorance our forgetfulness of lord it may not appear so but if we go and do the root cause analysis okay why i am miserable you may say that i am in a very trying circumstances why i am in such trying circumstances because so and so is not good because so and so is creating problem in my life my boss is not good why it is like that why such circumstances if you do root cause analysis you will come to it's basically the ignorance avidya because of which we have engaged in wrong kind of activities engage in activities which are sinful and because of which we have engaged in so many wrong karmic uh, reactions which we have piled up and today we are in a deplorable circumstance this question is from lahari is it wrong to try for financial independence before graduation there is nothing wrong to try we can always try but we should regulate just because we want it we should not over endeavor somebody just like this we talked about the story of a person he says once the time is set then i will definitely find time and come this can go on and on financial independence so long as we have greed will never be satisfied we will want more so whatever situation we may be in whatever circumstances we may be in we try to regulate and start spending time in the spiritual dimension this question is from poonam garg from where does soul comes in clones it's a good question uh, we have heard about cloning cloning is where using some genetic reengineering through some genes they can create animals let's say sheep identical the same kind of looks the same kind of fur and that whole process of uh, genetic modification is called the process of cloning yes as science is progressing we can fiddle around with material nature just like even there is a uh, lot of people now believing that this virus is as you know man has made it in a lab with all that playing around with virus and you know that rna spike and all that protein spike whatever we that virus is all has been tinkered with and today the world is in a very pitiable situation 
So man is, you know, trying to poke his fingers in different directions and a lot of effort is going in, a lot of research, a lot of, you know, energy is being invested, a lot of money is being invested. So cloning is one such project. Yes, man can play around with the genes and create so-called, so-called identically looking bodies. But finally, karmana daiva netrena jantur deha utpatyate. Which soul will reside in that body, that Lord will decide. You can create a body by modifying the genes. Krishna also, you know, when you are so determined to fiddle around with material nature, Krishna also allows. Okay, you want to do it, do it. Given as a free will. But finally, which soul will come and recite that Lord decides? Karmana daiva netrena. Suppose we produce an identical sheep, you know, with the kind of doing genetic. But finally, what soul will reside in that body? Karmana daiva netrena. Jantur Deha Utpatyate, Krishna will decide, the Lord will decide. This question is from Ajay Raj Sharma. Why in Bhagavad Gita Bhakti Yoga is given priority over Karma Yoga and Jnana Yoga? Can you please give some comparative analysis as to why Krishna in the end asked Arjuna to abandon all yoga which he taught and surrender to him only? These all yoga systems Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga are stepping stones to the ultimate end objective which is to surrender to the Lord. Yoginam api sarvesham mad gatar antaratmana shraddhavan bhajate yomam same yukta tamomataha Krishna says yoginam api sarvesham of all the yogis he has talked about karma yogi, he has talked about jnana yogi, ashtanga yogi and finally in the 6th chapter Krishna is talking about the bhakti yogi. And then Krishna says, yogi naam api sarvesham of all the yogis. This is the question what you are asking. Yogi naam api sarvesham mad gatar antaratmana, one who is always thinking of me, who is absorbed in me. In other words, who is Krishna conscious, a bhakti yogi. Madgatar Antaratma, Shraddhavan Bhajate, with Shraddha, with faith, Bhajate Yomam, who is engaged in Bhajan, Bhajate Yomam, worships me, Same Tamo, Mataha, according to my Mataha, my opinion, Krishna is saying, he is the highest. So it is not fanatism just because we are talking more about Bhakti Yogi or we are propagating the cult of Bhakti as enunciated by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It is not that all other yoga system is. So it is leading to Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga. If a person follows this thing, then it will lead to surrender to the Lord, which is nothing but Bhakti Yoga. Some more questions. Okay, leave it. 
what is prarabdh karma this is from virendra what is prarabdh karma and once purva sukruti karma which brings him to perform bhakti there are various categorization in which you can categorize karma and all those things but <clears throat> bhakti predominantly speaking either we can over many many life bahunam janmanam ante gyanvan mam prapadyante after many many lives we can progress through gyana yoga through karma yoga and all those things eventually come to vasudevam sarvamiti so that's one way of doing it and another way is if there's something called as causeless mercy they are devotees of the lord representatives of the lord who want to who are very compassionate who want to spread the good fortune and share the good fortune with others and if we are also fortunate to come in touch with such devotees associate with such devotees then also our life can get completely transformed we can also become fortunate This question is from Rahul Kumar. I am a bit new to Bhagavad Gita and Gita life, and request you to kindly touch upon briefly on the process of chanting we have. We should implement. I can just briefly touch because there are many devotees who have been uh, attending this session over many years. But nevertheless, chanting, since it is a very important aspect of our spiritual life, I can briefly touch. many time people wonder why we have to spend chanting more and more rounds prabhupad said that chant 16 rounds of hare krishna mahamantra daily which approximately takes about 2 hours more so in present world where there is so much of you know we all face shortage of time we want to do so many things but we have limited time and here we are saying invest 2 hours in chanting the holy names why the principle is very very simple and very logical the lord has descended in the form of his name his name and the lord are non different in other words the chanting of the names which comes from our mouth although appears to be a ordinary sound vibration but out of the lord's causeless mercy that sound that sound is not an ordinary sound it's shakti avesha nama it is the empowered sound a crude example just like a piece of paper a currency is not an ordinary piece of paper it's an empowered piece of paper that piece of paper authorized by the government is a thousand rupees currency so likewise kali kale naam roop avatar the lord has descended in the form of his name naam namino abhinnatvam the name of the lord and the lord are non different so when i am attentively chanting the names of the lord actually i am associating with the lord i am touching the lord 
the lord who is reservoir of sat chit ananda who is unlimited knowledge unlimited fame unlimited beauty unlimited knowledge unlimited wealth unlimited renunciation shad aishwarya purnam i am coming in contact with such a personality just like the charge flows from higher level to a lower level just like when you place a iron rod in fire the iron rod also becomes fiery it also becomes red hot a time comes when that iron rod can act like fire you touch that iron rod to a piece of paper it can ignite fire so likewise when we chant the names of the lord give the attention to the lord we associate with the lord we put our soul in the fire of the manifestation of the lord in the form of his name the fire of sat chit ananda the charge also flows into us the lord who is all pure the lord who is reservoir of sat chit ananda we also start experiencing ananda the higher taste we also start experiencing chit the knowledge transcendental knowledge gyana and and vigyana realized knowledge realization starts dawning on us we start understanding that subject which otherwise krishna says is confidential we get spiritual strength so that is the underlying thing why we chant and the process is very simple we in our channel also we have many videos on how to chant why do we chant we have a whole series on chanting i request you to kindly watch this videos and i'm sure you'll get the required information and there is a comment by shubham kumar who talks about the soulful japa session yes devotees should also go through those videos they're very nice explaining very systematically and Uh, very elaborately the science of japa this question is from yash gangani as the work is actually done by three modes of nature then what we do what's our part in it in where the jiva surrender to krishna case and does not surrender case to so the modes of material nature are influencing us prakrte kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvashah but when we surrender to the lord then we are freed from the influence of these lower modes in other words the soul who is in tamoguna because of purification will elevate and will predominantly be influenced by rajoguna rajoguna is better than tamoguna and then the soul further gets purified will be predominantly influenced by satvaguna and if we get further purified we can also come to a state which is beyond satvaguna which is shuddha satva vishuddha satva and in that state we can be in touch constant touch with the supreme lord This question is from Ajay Raj Sharma why Bhagavad Gita is said to be confidential when it is available easily 
it is said to be confidential because just by reading Gita, just by, it's not like an ordinary book, just by reading Gita or memorizing the verses, you can understand Gita. Krishna in the Gita also says the process which one has to follow to understand Gita. Tadvidhi pranipatena pariprashnena sevaya upatekshanti te jnanam jnaninas darshina. To understand this Bhagavad Gita, this knowledge, one has to tat vidhi pranipatena, we have to surrender. Pariprashna, we have to inquire submissively. Like many of you attend the sessions and you know, genuinely you are asking questions to understand the subject more thoroughly. Pariprashna and sevaya, render service to an exalted personality. A self-realized soul. Seva is also a very important component of our spiritual growth. Upadekshanti te jnanam. That person will give you this transcendental knowledge because he himself has seen the truth. Fortunately, we are so blessed that we have Srila Prabhupada, who is a pure devotee of the Lord, who has so mercifully given us this pure knowledge in pure form without adulteration. And if we take shelter of such a pure devotee, follow his instructions, then we'll be lucky, we'll be fortunate to receive this confidential knowledge. Otherwise, just by mugging up some verses, just by reading Bhagavad Gita, not necessarily we'll get the real import, real meaning of Bhagavad Gita. <laughs>